Welcome to Two Hearts in a Pod. We're here with Karen Shepard. And Jousey, how are you? And we are making HR and accounting fun! All right, so today's topic is... Are your businesses classifying your employees properly? So we are here to help you understand the difference uh, between exempt and non-exempt employees. And where that duties test comes in, too, because it's not always about the salary. So let's get into that. So... A non-exempt employee. So let, let's talk about what that means. A non-exempt employee is entitled to overtime pay. So even if you pay your non-exempt employee a salary, you still have to pay them overtime and they need to track their time, their punch-ins, and their punch is out. Uh, you can earn any amount as a non-exempt per week. You can work in any field and does not need to meet the duties test. Is this a good time to explain what the duties test is, Jesse? Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Okay, so the FLSA, which is the Fair Labor Standards Act, governs the payment of overtime to employees. So by understanding which duties qualify for overtime pay, you can properly pay your employees and avoid penalties because there's going to be them. I'm just saying. Just saying, there's going to be penalties. Yes, the FLSA was enacted in 1938 to regulate minimum wage, overtime, and child labor. So under this law, non-exempt employees are entitled to time and a half pay when they work more than 40 hours a week. In the other hand, exempt employees are not entitled to overtime pay, regardless of how many hours they have worked. So <laughs> this is a very big discussion, and a lot of employers have trouble classifying their employees correctly. So exempt employees are not entitled to OT or overtime. They must earn at least $684 per week. So yeah, in 2020, the law changed, and it, was, it went from $455 to $684 per week. You also must fit into one of the seven categories and you must meet the duties test. And the duties test is what gets employers most of the time because usually you have to meet at least two of the three. Two of the three? Two of the three. Mm -hmm. So you talk about the job must fit into one of seven categories if they're an exempt employee. So... The seven exemptions are an executive exemption, administrative exemption, a professional exemption, 
outside sales exemption, computer employees, creative professional exemption, and a highly compensated exemption. So let's kind of dig down into each one to talk about that duties test because, again, it doesn't matter if your employee is, if you're paying her a salary of more than six eighty four dollars per week, which is over $35,568 annually, okay? They have to meet certain things under that. For example, the executive exemption Uh, which are generally business owners who own 20% of their business fall into this exemption. So do they manage the business? Do they manage at least two other full-time employees? And do they have the authority to hire, fire, advance, and promote employees? Right. For the admin exemption, the employee must work in an office, not manual labor. Their primary job duties require the employee to exercise discretion and independent judgment for important matters. So they can navigate contracts on their own. They can waive and decide company policy without approval, make decisions on behalf of the company. So usually secretaries and admin assistants are not within this exemptions. Because they don't meet that duties test. They don't, you know, their primary duties require the approval of the business right. owner usually. Right. Exactly. Um, so a professional exemption Uh, The employee's primary job duty is to perform work requiring advanced knowledge. So intellectual work. The employee must have advanced knowledge, advanced degrees, and advanced knowledge through prolonged coursework. So, you know, some common examples are doctors, lawyers, CPAs, architects, engineers, chemists, registered nurses. So what is a common non-exempt example? Licensed nurses, paralegals, bookkeepers. Ah, that's why I wanted you to say that. All right, because bookkeepers and uh, is not a professional exemption, and either are paralegals, being in the legal industry for 30 years. Yeah, uh, usually entry-level employees in accounting firms are non-exempt employees. Right. So being in the law firm for 30 years... Uh, you know, I, I know with one boss, we had continuous discussions on paying paralegals overtime and refused. So that was not good. I did not like being in that predicament. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Another exemption is outside sales. 
they must work in marketing sales. Typically, they go outside of the office or their place of business, and they travel to go see clients and make sales. Non-exempt is an inside rep who does not travel or sales. Right, right. That's a huge differentiation there, right? Yeah, yeah. Computer employees, their their primary duties is the application of systems and analytical techniques (laughs) and procedures. Includes working with end users to determine hardware, software, and systems functionality. Designing on the, or developing documentation, analyzing and creating tests. Designing documentation, testing um, computer and computer operation systems. Usually computer repairs and manufacturers of computers and equipment are non-exempt. Yes. So that's a really huge difference. If you're repairing the computer, not exempt. Okay. Again, non-exempt, you're entitled to overtime. But if you are applying or designing, you are exempt. So it's a huge difference. And I know in the tech world out there, there's a lot of that going on. Then you have the creative professional exemption. We're... Uh, an example of this is musicians, artists, actors, comedians, athletes. Their primary duty includes work involving inventions, imagination. Gosh, I wish I was one of them. <laughs> Actually, I do have an imagination. Um, talent in art or anything creative. So they are exempt. Uh, And also, we have our highly compensated exemptions. If the employee is making over $107,432 annually and meets some of the traits and other exemption categories, but it doesn't have to be all of them, they're also exempt. But the important threshold here, the magic number here is $684 or 35568 annually. They have to meet that minimum weekly salary. And the bonuses, commissions, and are non-guaranteed payments, so they do not count. So don't add them and think that they're exempt if they're not meeting at least that. When in doubt, don't classify them as exempt. Pay them hourly until you are 100% sure how to classify that employee. Or, guess what? <laughs> call, <laughs> call us, right? And we'll help you. We'll help guide you. So you don't get penalized. That's so, correct. Yes. That's so correct. Um, I will share that uh, the penalties can be literally two times the salary. So you don't want to get caught, y'all. Definitely not. So what you need to understand about the duties test is it guides employers to appropriately pay employees entitled to overtime pay. It's important Because how you classify your employees correctly complies 
with the requirements. So the duties test are the exemptions under that we talked about, the uh, executive exemption, managing the business, manage and direct at least two other uh, full-time employees and have the authority to hire, fire, and employees. So again, it's not just about the 684 per week or 3556, 568 annually. It's the duties test, those traits that they have to meet. It's both things. Right. That's, that's an important distinction because just because you pay an employee $694 per week doesn't mean that they can be classified as exempt. Correct. Correct. So that is, um, you must fit into one of the seven categories, the duties test, and the number to be exempt. But where employers get in trouble, Jousey, is that they give them a title. And because of that title, they feel that they don't have to pay them overtime. But, But that's where employers get in trouble. So you can't just say, oh, she's my office manager and she has the authority, you know, I mean, does she really have the authority as the office manager to really hire and fire? Is she really managing the whole office? Like where does she really fall in that? Um, or does she have to come to the business owner to, to do the <laughs> to, hiring and right, firing? Right. Or to make a final decision. Yes. And that's usually the blurry line. That's why employers have such a big problem classifying employees. Because there's usually not a clear-cut line or definition. You know, I, I mean, manager does not qualify for exemption. So please keep that in mind. I, I mean, really, it's so important uh, to get it all right. If you have any questions, definitely call us. This is, this is a lot of stuff. How does someone digest this just listening to us? I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm listening to us and I'm going, holy crap, that is a lot of information. It is a lot of information and and it's scary. And a lot of employers don't even know that some employees have to be classified as exempt and some are not. Yeah. So So. there, there are some things that employers can do, though, to avoid a duties test error. Like, number one, what we talked about, never rely on job titles alone, okay? Regularly audit the job descriptions. I mean, do you have job descriptions? <laughs> Review the laws in your specific states because yes. they change, yes. right? I know California has a higher um, salary level than um, FLSA. Right, Examine compensation plans and policies to ensure employees are fairly compensated. You know, consult an HR expert. Yes, I was just about to say, involve (laughs) outside expertise. Yes. We're right here for you. And who cares if the employee says, well, I'd rather get paid a salary. It's easier. Well, yeah, it's easy. Much easier to to do that, and I have an employee starting. Yay! Yay! 
And so she is going to be paid a salary. However, she's filling out a timesheet and she's signing off that she had no overtime overtime in that particular week. So, uh, so again, you can pay a non-exempt a salary, but you still have to have them track their time, track their time in and out. Yes. So misclassifying employees can lead to embarrassing audit of the Department of Labor. I know I don't want them knocking on my door. So it's really important to just do the right thing for the employees, comply with the law, make good business sense, and protect the company from the un wanted negative attention, right? Um, And just be fair because misclassifying employees not only hurts the employee because of a lower take-home pay, like what if they deserve the overtime? Maybe they worked, you know, 45 hours for you one week. Um, But it all leads to mistrust, Poor morale in the workplace, and who needs and wants that, says no one ever, right? Right. You definitely don't want poor morale in the workplace. So do the right. All right, listeners, we're going to plan to do some sort of uh, live the next time we record our session so we can get some feedback Um, from our listeners, and we will create an event for you because this is a hot topic, don't you think? It is a hot topic. It's a hot topic, and it's it's very hard to comprehend and and put in place. Yes, and so you you may have, like, like, pieced out because you're like, this is boring. We're not, you know, we're making, we're trying to make it as fun. We're trying to make FLSA, the Fair Labor Standards Act, fun. (laughs) I don't think that's possible. (laughs) (laughs) But we're trying. We're really, really trying. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Because fun in HR and accounting world is functional, useful, and noteworthy. So we did accomplish that. (laughs) Right? Yes, we did. (laughs) Right. So some of the key points is to remember with exempt versus non-exempt. Okay. They have to fit into one of the seven categories that we chatted about. Right. And that's the executive, administrative, professional, outside sales, computer, creative, professional, or highly consummate. See how we're making this fun? <laughs> Compensated exemptions. What is the magic number? Six, $684. $684 is the magic number to be exempt or $35,568 annually to be exempt. But also the third thing is that you need to pass the duties test. Yes, yes. So each one of those exemptions has duties tests. 
So we will add something uh, to this so to kind of help clarify things and send you a link to the FLSA site to better understand um, these exemptions. Or what else can they do, Jousey? They can call us. Yeah, They can call us at any time if they have questions suggestions, anything they want to talk about. Yes, anything. Okay. So uh, we are excited for next week's exciting topic, recording requirements, (laughs) what to track, and all this fun employee files and records that you need to put in place. So thank you for joining us at Two Hearts in a Pod, where we make HR and accounting fun. Crush your week.